2: This is the Joe and Amber podcast.
0: It's from the morning show the other day, Rob. I, I genuinely thought Alan Yates was speaking a different language when he started <laughs> saying the name of Pokemon characters. I had no idea what he was saying.
3: I know they exist, but that's pretty much as far as it goes for me.
0: Well, you're making me feel better about it. How old are you? 38. Oh, oh well, yeah. Wait, and, why'd you say it like that? Well, because we're practically the same age. So I, you'd probably be considered old all as well, I guess, by all those guys <laughs> in the control room on the morning show mm-hmm. since they then somehow deduced that I'm old because I am not well-versed in Pokemon. I, I didn't know that's what the kids were doing these days, Rob. I got to be honest. I didn't know Pokemon was still so cool and hip.
3: You got to stay up on what the kids are talking about. That's what I've learned. That's how I pretend to be younger than I am.
0: Uh, yes, that is the key to life. Joan Amber presented by Progressive Insurance. What do your home and auto have in common? They're yours. And Progressive protects them both. Bundled today at Progressive. Dot com. Damian Lillard is still, well, young enough, uh, but certainly not one of the younger players in the NBA. And he is sick of playing in Portland, and they have gone much younger there by drafting Scoot Henderson. So he has, in fact, requested a trade, and it seems like he's got one destination in mind. We got the word today that Damian Lillard's agent is apparently calling other potential trade destinations and telling them not to bother, that if they trade for Damian Lillard, he will be disgruntled, that Miami's the only place that he wants to be. Mark J. Spears, ESPN's NBA senior writer, was on NBA Today, and here's what he knows about Damian Lillard's preferred destination.
2: Just before the show, I talked to uh, Aaron Goodwin, Damon Lillard's agent, and he said that he and Portland Trailblazers general manager Joe Cronin had a really good discussion today. Uh, and that adds, obviously, obviously on top of Woj's well, great report, uh, Aaron is hopeful that uh, over the next couple of days in Las Vegas, where everybody will be, that the Miami Heat, the Portland Trailblazers will get in the room, hopefully hash something out. Um, uh, he, you know, added that Dame still wants to go to Miami. Uh, that is his preferred choice. That's his only choice. I'm hearing that there's been over like five to seven teams that could be interested in be involved in a multiplayer trade for yep. Damon Lillard. And if it gets done, I wouldn't be surprised if four teams are involved.
0: It seems like, however, this is getting done is going to be a very complicated deal. And I think one of the reasons that we're jumping to that conclusion, Rob, is how long it's taking for this deal to be done if it was going to be a straight-up deal between Miami and Portland feels like that wouldn't have been very complicated and frankly it would have already happened
3: and if you're the third team you know you've got a little bit of leverage because you know like hey they they can't really get this done without me so you know I'm not just going to be like the the add-on at the end the spare team like I want to get something out of this if you're going to be involved so they're probably you know using their leverage a little bit also
0: That would make a lot of sense. And same for the fourth team and the fifth team and whomever (laughs) else is involved in this trade. But what's interesting is simultaneously, while we're hearing that, that reassurance where we've heard from numerous places today, starting with Woj, about the agent telling other teams essentially don't bother, we're also hearing reports that other teams may still, in fact, want to bother. Chris Mannix, He was on, uh, where was he say? Oh, Tysher and Rich earlier. And he said that he believes that there's a way that the Celtics could land Damian Lillard without giving up Jalen Brown and believes that Damian Lillard would have no objections to playing in Boston. So conflicting reports there. Where that one's coming out of sports illustrated, it feels like, man, there is so much floating around when it comes to Damian Lillard, and there's a lot of people being fed a lot of things from different places. I,
3: I just don't understand if the Blazers don't want Tyler Hero, they're gonna trade him to the Celtics, a team in the Eastern Conference, and they're not gonna get Jalen Brown back. Like I right. I don't know. That seems like little... yeah,
0: you're gonna trade him to the Celtics for what? Like all of a sudden you're very amenable to <laughs>
3: Right. That's what I mean. I would think I would rather have Tyler Hero than the leftovers from the Celtics. Now
0: the Celtics have picks. They do have some yes. picks that they can trade. So if maybe the Blazers are more interested in expiring contracts and picks and maybe they feel like the Celtics are in a better position to do that. I don't have the Celtics picks in front of me pulled up, but we've been hearing a lot of this. I mean, that was the case with Brooklyn as well, right? Like the Brooklyn Nets have the picks. And they have some expiring contracts to move. So if there's no assets beyond picks that you're interested in you're the Blazers, theoretically, you could trade them straight up to Brooklyn. If they were going to do that, they also would have done that, right? I mean, one of the reasons they probably haven't done that is because Damian Lillard is making it very clear. And so if you're one of these other teams, whether it's the Celtics putting a package together, whether it's the Nets putting together a bunch of picks together, You're apprehensive to trade for a dude who is quite literally, apparently, reportedly calling your front office, or his people are, and saying, don't bother.
3: (laughs) So the Celtics have their own first-round pick in 24, 25, 26, 27, and 28, they have a top four protected from Golden State in 2024. They have eight future second-round picks available. So, yeah, so
0: they have a lot more picks to trade than Miami does. Yes.
3: Um, going back to that Mannix interview, this is a, a strange comment. Basically, what Mannix and others, not just Chris, have said is that, well, Damian Lillard's a professional. He's not going to you know hold his breath and stamp his feet and refuse to go to a team because that's not in his DNA. And we, that may have been true, but Damian Lillard was also the guy that was banging on Chris Paul saying, Oh, you're running from the grind. And now he's the guy saying, I want out and I only want to go to Miami. So things change. Maybe he wasn't that guy in the past, but he seems pretty intent on getting to Miami and only Miami. So I don't think that you can say, well, well, he's not going to, you know, complain about going to other teams because it's not in his DNA. His DNA has changed, obviously.
0: It's changed some. I also think low-key what changed was the Blazers and the Blazers philosophy. I don't think we make a big enough deal out of that. Like There is this idea that it's Damian Lillard that wants to leave the Trailblazers. And the Trailblazers, oh so badly, want Damian Lillard to stay. That's what we're being sold. Because I think, frankly, the Blazers want that to be the story that is sold. Because they want to look like the good guys. And of course, they want to look like, oh, we still want you, guy who's been so loyal to us for 11 years. It's you who doesn't want us. It's like nobody in this situation wanted to be the dumper. They both wanted to be the dumpy. The reality is, I actually think the trailblazers are kind of like the dumper, even though they're not going to necessarily get credited as such. Because if they really were so committed to wanting Dame as their future plans, they would have traded away that number three overall pick. I mean, they would not have drafted Scoot Henderson. The second that they did that, the second they held on to that pick, Damian Lillard is not part of their future philosophy. It doesn't make sense for him to be. It's fine what the Blazers are doing. I think it's good what the Blazers are doing, frankly. Build around a guy that you can get 10 or 15 years out of. You're not getting that out of Dame. Your window's already up with Dame. You've already run out of time. There ain't no running out of time right now with Scoot Henderson. You have a real opportunity here with a lot more time on your hands now to build a championship caliber team. And you can do that by helping, helping yourself by trading away Damian Lillard and getting the, the uh, picks in return. It makes sense from a philosophical standpoint. I think really it's the Blazers dumping Lillard.
3: Nobody wants to look like the bad guy, right? Dame waited years and years and years before asking out, and the Blazers don't want to look like they're getting rid of arguably the greatest player in franchise history. It's just funny to me that on the same day we're talking about this, Woj comes out with an article this morning that says, well, you know, the Blazers, they're in no rush to trade him. They can hang on to him. It's like, uh, Okay.
0: Like, yeah. Okay. Let's just. Okay. I'm seeing that on social media, by the way, too. And I'm not trying to negate Woj's report, but like, listen, it's it's probably coming from the Blazers. Let's be real. Like, it's it's how the world works here. We're seeing perspectives when we're getting all of these reports, and all of these reports are certainly coming from a different perspective. Whether that's Damian Lillard's people, whether that's the Blazers, whether that's the Heat, whether that's the Celtics, whether that's any of these other potential trade destinations, we're getting a certain uh, perspective fed to us for very specific reasons, but I am seeing that on social media as well. Oh, the Blazers are in no rush. They can just wait all the way up until the trade deadline. Well, no, not exactly, because there's a reason that the Heat may be more willing to do this trade now and have him ready for the full season when you are a championship now kind of team and a team that was just in the NBA finals thinks of itself as that. They're trying to get this deal done here in the offseason. None of these teams are trying to sit on it forever. James Harden deal I think might be A bit of a different situation You might see Some more Uh Patience when it comes to the James Harden trade that maybe you'll see with this Damian Lillard trade. But that's the bill of goods that they're selling right now. So we will see how this all pans out. I doubt we're done talking about it, Rob. I mean, that's what it all comes down to. Another day, another Damian Lillard story. Coming up next year on Joe and Amber. I ranked my top five coaches on the hot seat earlier. If you missed that, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. It's Rob's turn to do the same. He'll do that. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app.
2: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
6: Legal and administrative and customer support at Robert Half. We know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today.
0: So, earlier in the show, I ranked my top five coaches on the hot seat as we enter the NFL season. If you missed that, check out the podcast. Joe and Amber on the ESPN app. Rob Guerrero filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight. You can find him on social media at Stats on Fire. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Rob's list, I think it's going to look a little bit different than my list. Let's get to it.
2: From the top five NFL quarterbacks. So badly want to bring Super Bowl here to Buffalo.
0: Herbert rolling right, throws, touchdown. To
2: the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's... Rank them. The top five coaches on the hot seat. Number five... I'm going to start with Mike
3: Vrabel in Tennessee. Now, I want to be clear. Nobody thinks he's a bad coach, but he's been there for five years now. They've never seemed like a threat to win a Super Bowl. Even when they were the number one seed a couple years ago, everybody said they're the worst number one seed we've seen in a long time. And what is the direction there? First, your quarterback was Ryan Tannehill. Then it was going to be Malik Willis. Now is it Will Levis. There's no direction that's rudderless in Tennessee. I have uh, Vrabel at number five.
0: What? Mike Vrabel on the hot seat. I I did not see that coming. Uh, Everyone considers Mike Vrabel a good coach. And frankly, with what he's done with Ryan Tannehill, you should consider Mike Vrabel a good coach. As somebody who had to watch Ryan Tannehill for seven years (laughs) down in Miami, I can tell you what Vrabel did when Tannehill and that team was on top of that division was remarkable because it's Ryan Tannehill and they made Ryan Tannehill come and they come in in relief and end up looking in like so good Rob that they ended up giving him that contract. Now that was maybe some front office bad decisions there, but not Mike Vrabel. He makes good decisions. That's a good head coach. I don't see him on the hot seat at all.
2: Number four, Robert Sala
3: with the New York football jets. He's won 11 games in two years, all right? He's part of the front office that picked Zach Wilson at quarterback. That didn't work out. Now you go get Aaron Rodgers. It better work out with Aaron Rodgers because you don't get to pick three quarterbacks in your tenure. So there's a lot of pressure on Robert Sala. He's 11-23, and 23, like I said. I think it's got to work out for the Jets. And guess what? They're the third best team in their division.
0: He's one of my OLIs on the outside looking in. The reason I didn't put him on my top five is because I think Aaron Rodgers saves you, period. Like, just standing near Aaron Rodgers as he's throwing a football probably saves your job not because it means Robert Sala is such a great coach it just means Aaron Rodgers is that great of a quarterback that he's going to make Robert Sala look a little bit better than maybe Robert Sala in fact is you're absolutely right if that team doesn't perform with that defense and that quarterback Robert Sala will be gone but I just think that they are going to end up performing this season
2: number three
3: see if we go three for three on disagreements Josh McDaniels When's this guy supposed to start winning exactly? I'm told he's going to be a good head coach. I didn't see it in Denver. I'm not seeing it in Vegas. And now he's turning to 31-year-old Jimmy Garoppolo, who is always hurt. It just strikes me as a very desperate move. And you said it earlier, and I had it down on my notes as well. Some guys are just better at being coordinators. And I really think Josh McDaniels is one of those guys. 11-17 in Denver, 6-11 so far with Vegas. It's just, he can't do it. He can't do the job there, and I don't think he'll be on the job for much longer.
0: Maybe Belichick did what he did last season with the coordinators because he was buying time, figuring that Josh McDaniels... (laughs) was going to get fired after his first year at head coach. Maybe Bill knows. Josh McDaniels just isn't going to pan out as a head coach. And he figured, I'll leave some space open here for him to come back as my OC. He's an excellent OC, obviously. But this is his second go around here as a head coach. The first time, it was absolutely disastrous. He was fired after 28 games with the Denver Broncos. It doesn't feel much less disastrous, frankly, so far. With the Las Vegas Raiders, you and I both have Josh McDaniels near the top of our list.
2: Number two.
3: I'm going to go to a guy that wasn't on your list, Amber. Bill Belichick. He has to be on the list. And yes, I get it. He's great. But Robert Kraft's allegiance has to be to the future of the franchise and not the past. And it's not been good recently. No playoff wins since they won the Super Bowl in 2018. That was four years ago. And there's this weird dynamic between Kraft and Belichick now. Belichick's saying the top Kraft doesn't spend enough money Robert Kraft saying he's not going to wait around For Belichick to break Don Shula's record It's got to get better for the Patriots They have one playoff appearance And they got dog walked by the Buffalo Bills When they were there Pressure firmly on Belichick in New England
0: I understand what Robert Kraft has been saying recently, and it doesn't sound good for old Bill. He's made it very clear that he's not interested in individual records. He's interested in another championship. So like you mentioned, he's not going to be so patient there with Bill Belichick passing Don Shula. However, it's still Bill Belichick and what he's done for that franchise and the amount of Super Bowls and the amount of wins. And I have a hard time believing, even with Robert Kraft changing his tune, that he actually would get rid of Bill Belichick. Now, Bill Belichick is 71 years old. So is there a point that we reach with Bill Belichick's career where he retires kind of on his own terms, but behind closed doors, maybe with a little strong arming from Robert Kraft. Like, I could see that at some point, but I don't think Robert Kraft is firing Bill Belichick this season. Frankly, no matter what happens here with the Patriots, I understand, again, why a lot of people would include him in this conversation. I'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around it.
2: Number one. Brandon
3: Staley with the Chargers. You brought up his fourth down decisions. Here's the thing. When you do the unconventional thing, and Brandon Staley has done that on 4th Down, when you do the unconventional thing and fail, you are going to get hammered for it way more than if you do the conventional thing and fail. If you do the conventional thing and it doesn't work out, so what? But when you say, I'm smarter than you, I'm going to do this new thing, and it doesn't work out, you get hammered, and that's what's happened with Brandon Staley because if you look at his records on paper, they're not that bad. They're certainly not bad enough where you would think about firing a guy in year 3, but... That's where we are with Brandon Staley because he has been unconventional and he has this great quarterback and everybody thinks they should be doing more with what he has. And, oh, by the way, his replacement is on the staff. They just brought in Kellen Moore. So they could easily fire Brandon Staley, promote Kellen Moore. They wouldn't have to change the system for Justin Herbert. So Staley better win this year.
0: You keep saying it's not that bad. And we both agree with Brandon Staley being at the top of both of our lists, by the way. His seat is absolutely hot. You keep saying, though, his record's not that bad. And the record's not that bad, but that team's not supposed to be not that bad. I mean, I think that that is all about where the expectations are for a team with that quarterback and some of those pieces on defense. The expectation with the talent on that roster, Rob, is much better than not that bad.
3: Yeah, he's, he's 19 and 15, nine wins his first year, 10 wins the second year. He's actually improving technically, but it doesn't matter because when you have a quarterback as great as Herbert, people expect you to produce.
0: And now, like you said, he's got Kellen Moore there sitting there just wanting one day to take over the helm. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine he will be able to if this season doesn't go well for Brandon Staley. So both of us agree. I had some on the outside looking ins that neither of us had on our actual list. I think Arthur Smith with the Falcons could be part of that conversation. Maybe even Rob Rivera with the Washington Commanders could be part of that conversation. Coming up next, you already know we love lists, but you know what else we love? Picking one thing or another. That's next.
2: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
5: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E.
0: Rob Guerrero filling in tonight for Joe Fortenbaugh. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We love a produced radio segment. I was going to call it a hacky sports radio segment, but James still gets upset with me. No, very when original. I do that. So this is a very original, very well-produced radio segment. It is called Got One. Let's get to it.
2: Joe and Amber, Got One.
4: All right, yeah, see, I, I came up with this watching Ghostbusters one day. That was Janine. Uh-huh. That was Ghostbusters. Yeah, I that's thought guy. that's what that was. Big Ghostbusters guy over here. All right, so uh, I was on uh, Twitter, not Threads yet, uh, uh, <laughs> last night, and uh, Ocho Senko, uh, Chad Johnson, uh, quote tweeted another tweet asking, would you rather have Prime Ocho Senko or Jamar Chase? And uh, he, he tweeted a gift of Jamar Chase, so I guess he would pick Jamar Chase. But that got me to thinking that maybe we can just do, uh, just, just pick some stuff. And uh, I'll give you a couple players, and you guys pick a player. You get one. You can't hedge your bet here. You got to pick one because in the segment it's called got uh-huh. one, not two, not three. You remember that, Amber? <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So oh, we're oh, just going to start out. Really? What? It's going to start out uh, how I, how I, you know, how I came up with the segment. Would you rather have Prime Ocho Cinco or Jamar Chase, Amber?
0: I would rather have Jamar Chase, and the reason I will take Jamar Chase over Prime Ocho Cinco isn't just that Ocho Cinco himself has given the nod to Jamar Chase, but also because Jamar Chase has quite literally broken. Ocho Cinco's records there for the Bengals. He broke Chad Johnson's franchise record for most receiving yards in a season in Bengals history. He is surpassing Ocho Cinco quite rapidly. I will take Jamar Chase, Rob.
3: I'll take Jamar Chase also. There's all sorts of rumors that Chad used to just run whatever route he wanted out there sometimes. like (laughs) They're both really great players, but you get less crazy with Jamar Chase, so I'll take Chase.
4: Alright, let's stick with the wide uh Kevin Winter really liked my uh not one, not two. Uh <laughs> yeah. Of course he does. Yep. All right. Uh so we'll just stick with the wide receivers here. Would you rather have prime Randy Moss or Justin Jefferson?
3: Uh Rob. There's an argument to be made that Randy Moss was the single most unstoppable wide receiver in NFL history. And this is not to throw any shade at Justin Jefferson, but Moss was unlike a force we had ever seen in the NFL. He led the league in touchdowns his rookie year with 17, and he scored 53 touchdowns in his first 64 games. He was quite literally unstoppable. I got to go Moss.
0: I am also going to surprisingly go Randy Moss and it kind of cuts against what I just did though with Jamar Chase because I give the nod to Chase over Chad Ochocinco because Chase is breaking his records. Well, Justin Jefferson also broke Randy Moss's <laughs> records last season. Justin Jefferson is the record holder for the most receiving yards in the first three seasons of his NFL career. The big difference between the two receivers though, the amount of touchdowns. Early in those seasons when Justin Jefferson broke that record in November, last November. Moss had 43 touchdowns compared to Justin Jefferson's 22. Now, Justin Jefferson's obviously is counting, but the point is with Randy Moss, we can take his entire career and we can look at what he did. With Justin Jefferson, we're looking at a snippet. It's not entirely fair to Justin Jefferson, a player who is on pace to break a lot of Randy Moss's records. However, Randy Moss, like Rob just said, was absolutely unstoppable. And I've seen the entire body of work to know that he was truly, genuinely that unstoppable. I'll go Randy Moss.
4: All right, we'll stick with the NFL here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? Amber, got one.
0: Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a much better quarterback than Brett Favre. When you pull all the numbers by both of these guys, the completion percentage is better. The interceptions are much better, of course, with Brett with uh, Aaron Rodgers over Brett Favre. There's more passing touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers. Nearly every category, the nod goes to Aaron Rodgers. And oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers is still playing, and he's still playing very good football, Rob. So... Brett Favre, looking at his entire career, it just doesn't compare to the career that I've already seen from Aaron Rodgers at this point.
3: I hate this category because I'm not a fan of either one of those quarterbacks, especially as a 49ers fan. I think, oh, this is really hard. I think I got to go Favre. Aaron Rodgers has really soured me, especially with his playoff performances the last few years. He's been bad in the playoffs and... I know that Favre has some clunkers there too, but I'm splitting hairs here. I'm going to go with Favre. Favre also was healthier in a more physical game. Favre was out on the field more than Aaron Rodgers, who's missed a lot of time. So I'll give the edge to Brett, but it's close.
0: People have that idea. Aaron Rodgers has a lot more rushing touchdowns, though, than Brett Favre ever had. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is more physical as a quarterback than people, frankly, give him credit for. I think we have this idea, though, about Brett Favre with the toughness. The problem for me with Brett Favre is the accuracy. That dude aired it out. He didn't always air it out where he was supposed to be throwing that football, though. All
4: right, here's another very original sports radio topic that I came
3: up with. Of course. Uh,
4: Michael Jordan or LeBron James?
3: Oh, look out. <laughs> go ahead, Rob. Uh, I go LeBron. And look, I'm old enough to have seen MJ and Prime MJ. I'm going LeBron. LeBron could do more things than Michael Jordan could do. He's a physical freak and as much as and as great as Jordan was he couldn't do all the things that LeBron James can do and that is not in dispute so I know he's got six championships and he never lost an NBA finals and all that good stuff I'm taking LeBron and I feel pretty damn good about it too
0: It's weird that we're about to kind of agree on this, and I'm so uncomfortable doing this. I hate this because I, like you, grew up in the Michael Jordan era, and typically this conversation just relies on which area you grew up with. Frankly, that's the conversation and how it goes with all who is the greatest, right? Like, who is the greatest? Whatever player you slot in there after that sentence always typically goes with whoever you grew up watching because certainly there is some nostalgia attached to how we feel about our athletes. However, I have a hard time with the concept that 10 is worse than six because LeBron James has been in 10 NBA finals and I understand he hasn't won all of those, but this idea that six out of six is somehow better than making it to 10, it just seems frankly, stupid to me. LeBron James is playing in an era where the athletes are arguably bigger, faster, stronger, better. The medicine, the supplements, the training, the technology, the advancements, all of it. And yet he has been on the absolute tip top of that sport. But the real reason that I give the edge to LeBron is because of that dude off the court. LeBron James, it's remarkable, has been a child star and he has very rarely ever stepped in it. I mean, very, very rarely in his career. He seems like uh, he does everything essentially the right way all the way through. So I'll give the nod to LeBron.
4: All right, we're playing Got One here on Joan Amber, presented by Progressive Insurance.
0: You can't imagine what our mentions look like right now for going LeBron (laughs) over Michael Jordan. Say, this I mean, LeBron is, never had can... to play his like leave his sport and play baseball, you know, like eh, just, you know, like he wanted to quote unquote leave his sport. All right, so uh, he didn't get suspended. What? <laughs> what? What? What's going Who on? said that. All
4: right, Barry Bonds or Mike Trout? Amber.
0: Oh, I'll go Barry Bonds. I think that's just nostalgia for me, though. Honestly, like I'm just going Barry Bonds because nobody was bigger and better and stronger with bigger hits than Barry Bonds. And I don't care if the man was roiding. Give me the entire steroid era. Put them all in the hall. Barry Bonds was as good as it gets on an even playing field because most people were juicing during that time. Rob, I will go Barry Bonds.
3: This is not an- even difficult by any stretch of the imagination. If you doubled the number of MVPs Mike Trout has, he still doesn't have as many as Barry Bonds, okay? Bonds has seven MVPs. He was the most feared hitter I've ever seen in baseball. He won four straight MVPs at one point. Mike Trout in his career, the most walks he's ever had in a season is 122. Barry Bonds had a season where he had 120 intentional walks. <laughs> He was terrifying for opposing pitchers. It's Bonds. I agree. Yes, there's performance enhancers, but if we're just comparing the two players, it is not close. I Sometimes I
4: go on Baseball Reference and just look at Barry Bonds' stats from like 01 to 05, and it is. He was a nightmare, a literal nightmare for pitchers. Um, pro- probably the best baseball player ever. Definitely the best I've ever seen. All right. Uh, stick with
0: baseball. Better than Shohei Otani?
4: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Really? Well, I don't think it's even close. What?
4: Yeah, Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player I have ever seen. Really? Absolutely. Okay,
0: I won't go that far. I think what Shohei Otani is doing is, is genuinely remarkable. I mean, we've quite, quite literally never seen it in the sport. Like, we've seen big hitters before in the sport. We've never seen, well, I mean, I guess Babe Ruth, but I wasn't around back then.
4: <laughs> that, that's my heel. Barry Bonds, the GOAT. Uh, stick it. with baseball, uh, we have the Home Run Derby here on ESPN Radio on Monday night. We, uh, Home Run Derby or Slam Dunk Contest? Uh Amber.
0: Oh man, I I would typically go slam dunk contest, but I think I'm giving the nod to the home run derby this year because there's stars playing in it. And it's been such an issue in the NBA that the biggest stars in that sport avoid the NBA dunk contest. I'd rather see superstars, frankly, participate than I would even the best dunkers in the league. I'll go home run.
3: Home run derby easily. It's the best all-star event in any sport. It's fantastic ever since they added the clock and the element of time to the home run derby it has skyrocketed it has risen that event from the ashes because it used to be terrible now it's fantastic and no other sport has anything that can even touch it
4: uh okay twitter or threads uh rob
3: i was thinking about this in the break and here's my question if you (laughs) post something on threads what what do you call it you don't tweet it right so what is you it?
0: Thread it. Well, that's so it. I'm thread, out. Yeah.
3: I'm out. then. I can't. I threaded something on Threads. I don't, then what if I do a thread on Threads?
0: Then I guess you just have a thread. You have your threading. You're threading. Nope. You're threading all over the place. No
3: good.
4: I'm out. Twitter. I, I you don't. Thread I a thread. I, and then you're threading the thread that you thread.
0: Right. There's lots of threading going on. Um, I. Uh, I guess I'm out because I don't have threads. Although I do feel like Musk is doing a really good job of maybe making us not so into Twitter right now. So (laughs) I do feel like at some point here, I might have to uh, end up on threads, but all this social media, man, and I know I sound old, I get it, which isn't going to help the intro on the morning show tomorrow that James is undoubtedly going to splice up and use on this show later. (laughs) Since those guys were already calling me old earlier in the week, but it's too much, all this social media. Like I can't keep up kids these days. I refuse to get TikTok, Rob but which is kind of stupid because now I just end up watching TikTok on Instagram.
3: It is it is addicting. I will say I just signed up for an account on Threads. It's actually uh, Amber Wilson Esquire.
0: Ah, how dare you? Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. That is the voice of Rob Guerrero. He has been filling in for Joe Fortenbaugh tonight. He's going to continue to do some more of that. Coming up next, we do what we do best.
2: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
1: a time and joe and
0: amber where we do what we do best that is take your phone calls we love when you join the conversation triple eight say espn that's how you do it 888 729 3776 your hottest takes whatever you've got for us we invite you to join the conversation rob Guerrero filling in tonight for joe fortenbaugh find him on social at stats on fire is that true on threads as well Rob? oh yeah everywhere okay, baby okay there you go Uh, You can find me as well, not on threads yet, but you can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Let's play some Caller Roulette.
2: 13 Black Odd. No winner. Spin the wheel. Make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play Caller Roulette with Joe and Amber. Let's spin it.
0: Triple eight, say ESPN. That's where we find Kamal. Kamal is calling us from Colorado. Hey, Kamal, thanks for the phone call. Go ahead.
6: Hey, guys. So I had a I had a point that I wanted to make that I think
4: you'd completely skipped over with the Jordan LeBron thing. I'll be very brief. Uh, you said making it to 10 is better than six out of six. But Jordan retired for three years. If he
6: played, he would have won nine in a row.
0: Right, yeah. No, I mentioned Kamal, his... um quote-unquote, retirement there. (laughs) Um, His uh, little breaks that he had to take from basketball every once in a while. Here's the thing with Jordan. I don't know how squeaky clean it all was at all times off the court there, Rob. I'm not trying to say anything... Negative about the GOAT. But well, you know first of I mean. all, he's
3: going to take that personally, just so you know. Yeah, but well, also, like, we can't just assume championships. I get it. He never lost an NBA Finals, but that doesn't mean he never would have lost an NBA right. Finals. And I would love to have seen a Rockets-Bulls NBA Finals with Elijah on. That'd be fantastic.
0: Yeah, and I I mean, I, I don't think MJ gets credit for his choice then, if you think that it was his choice to leave the sport. I don't think he gets credit for that. Like, you chose to leave. Like, that's not a positive, right? Right. That you chose to leave the sport and come back whether it's because you got so bored with it or whatever, like LeBron's never done that. LeBron loves hoops more than anything. He's given you every ounce of himself at all times and been out there for us all to watch his greatness the entire way through. LeBron is still doing it an unbelievable clip at 38 years old. That in and of itself deserves a lot of applause because there has been no breaks whatsoever for LeBron James. And oh, by the way, Ten of those seasons, he has been playing all the way through June into an NBA Finals. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888 3776 Let's spin it. Jason, Jason's calling us from Arizona. Hey, Jason, what do you have on MJ and LeBron? Oh,
2: just the single thing that LeBron doesn't, he doesn't play defense. Jordan had Defensive Player of the Year a couple times. LeBron did not.
0: I feel like that's such a misnomer, this idea that LeBron James doesn't play defense, Rob. I mean, here, when we're talking about 38-year-old LeBron, that's always with NBA players where you see the age first, right, is sort of just the lack of effort during the regular season defensively fine. He might not be out there ganging and banging every single night on that end of the court during a regular season, but that man absolutely plays defense.
3: He's five-time first-team all-defense. Yeah, so let's I mean, not act like he's not playing ridiculous. defense. And he can guard almost anybody on the floor. Jordan couldn't do that.
0: Right. Mike drop. Triple eight, say ESPN. Let's spin it. Who would have
3: thought we'd get a Jordan LeBron call?
1: <laughs> ama- it is amazing
0: how this rates, though. Like, the phone line right now is blowing up. This is the dumbest thing that James included MJ and LeBron in the got one segment. And the full one is blowing up.
4: Listen, it, it, people love originality. And they were just so blown away by my idea. And to no one's talk ever about, done this before. No one's ever done this before. So, you know, you just give the people what they want, you know.
0: Uh, Terrence. Terrence is our friend from Georgia. Hey, Terrence, save us from this MJ LeBron right, debate. All
2: right. Barry Bonds. Best I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of them. Uh Mike Michael Jordan, he's not the all time scoring leader. LeBron James. And if Tell Shohei hits it. if Shohei hits one if Shohei hits three hundred and wins one hundred and seventy five games, Hall of Famer.
0: I mean, I feel like Shohei Otani's is already a Hall of Famer at this point because it's just so insane what he's doing out there. I don't have a huge problem with you thinking that Barry Bonds is the greatest to ever do it or the greatest that you've seen. But I do think what Shohei Otani is doing is frankly even that much more special because it's just something. I mean, we've seen big hitters before and I know Barry Bonds is the best of them. I'm not even talking about the juicing component. I'm just shocking about what Shohei Otani is straight up doing. Triple eight, say ESPN, spin the wheel. Steve, Steve is calling us from Wisconsin. Hey, Steve, go ahead. Uh, you're so
4: wrong on the lebron george debate, <laughs> and and and, he, and
6: you're ignoring the fact that a LeBron wins championships with super teams, and ignoring the fact that he's lost as many, if not more, championships
4: than he's won, and I uh, and, and Jordan was a
3: much better defensive player than LeBron. Hold on. Didn't Michael Jordan have one of the top 75 players all time on his team in Scottie Pippen? Didn't he have him there? Like, how's that not a super team? Dennis Rodman was there. How is that not a super team? With Phil Jackson, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Just because they assembled it differently than some other teams have assembled it, Jordan didn't play on a super team? That's crazy to me.
0: It's so crazy to me. This idea. People have this idea, Rob. Like, Michael Jordan played on these teams with no talent around him. Right. What is that that we're doing? Again, I really feel like genuinely this debate so much comes down to who you grew up watching. If you grew up in the Jordan era, Rob and I are being, I feel like you and I are actually being pretty objective right now because really we grew up in the Jordan era. But if you grew up in the Jordan era, typically you're going to favor Michael Jordan. You always think the thing that you saw, like it was was the best back in my day, you know?
3: He has the better story, the undefeated in the finals, that whole thing. That's better
0: than LeBron's story. I guess. I don't know. I think LeBron's story is pretty remarkable. Being able to do it on three different franchises ten times in an NBA Finals maybe and counting. We'll see. I mean, He's had a pretty remarkable story. Child star. He's been a star since he was quite literally a child and he has actually met the expectations that he came into the league with. Freddie and Fitzsimmons, they also meet our expectations here on ESPN Radio.
2: This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker, Joe and Amber, the podcast.
6: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, and